Welcome back to the podcast. This is a familiar face. You have seen Cashel before. On today's podcast, I have Cashel Kali. She was on episode number 53, where we talked about BDSM 101 from a submissive. This is one of our most listened to episodes, definitely most watched on YouTube. And so I knew that we had to have Cashel back on. And today our topic is different. Now we're still staying in the BDSM realm, but today we're talking about exploring trauma through BDSM and Cashel is going to help us understand what does that mean? Maybe give us some tools or some exercises to kind of play with it a little bit. So Cashel, for those that don't know who you are, would you give us a little bit of an overview? And then whenever you're ready, I'm ready to dive into today's topic. Okay. Hi, I'm Cashel. Um, an overview well, in relation to this podcast, um, an overview would be my experience as a sub, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, for in different ways and at different levels for the past maybe two, two and a half years. Um, beyond that, there's a lot of context I could give that might be what's most in relation to this podcast though, right? <laughs> That's fun, right? <laughs> So two and a half, two and a half years ish, you've been a sub. So again, go back to episode 53. If you want more information about that, um, Cashel was very, um, good at being very transparent and giving us a lot of information in that episode outside of being a sub, you're freaking a ton. You're a mom, you're a yoga teacher, you own an apothecary and you sell amazing oils and tinctures and salve. I own a bunch of them. In fact, I have one not here, but by my bed. The chest rub. It's because yeah. it's winter and I'm yeah. like slathering it on before I go to bed. The immune so stuff. Yeah. So many yummy Maybe yoga oils school, and things. Reiki attunements. Yeah. All kinds of yes. synergistic, intuitive, witchy things. Ooh. And I have yeah. a friend that just went through your Reiki one. She said <gasps> you did an amazing yes. job. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So Cashel does a lot of things. And at the end of this podcast, we're going to put a link to her website. So if you want to have more information on this topic today about healing trauma or exploring trauma through BDSM or submissive stuff, or like where to buy a flogger or how to get an essential oil, you're going to be like dropped into one spot that has all the cool things that Cashel does. And then if you're local, you can hit her up for a yoga class. The beautiful thing about synergy and Mm -hmm. intuition, both I have a synergistic gift beyond like intuition is that you, is that I get to have like a, a knowledge base of a lot of different things and they come mm-hmm. together in the perfect way for each individual, for each session, regardless of what we're doing. And I think that's probably guided. I think it's probably because everything's filtered through Reiki now. Um, even gifts that I had before Reiki are now, it's like, it's like a way of life. And so, so you, so it's beautiful to see how things present differently for different people. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So individualized sessions, etc. <laughs> I have another friend that Cashel has partnered with and made skincare. So she's got Reiki infused skincare where they like doused and made sure that the right ingredients were in it. It's phenomenal. I actually get to see this friend. We created a skincare today. line. Oh. You're amazing. Yeah. But back to today's topic. Yeah. Thank Exploring you. Exploring trauma through BDSM. Go ahead and tell us about this topic. Oh gosh, where to start? Where do I start? Um, okay. Why? I think a lot of people are going to be like, yeah. what the fuck? 
Yeah. Why? I think How? I probably didn't know that's what was happening at first. I probably didn't go, oh, I'm going to delve into this arena of BDSM and heal my trauma. I don't think that pre-happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was um, ready to have sexual relationships with other people and do self-exploration I, I I really had never dated I bet you I was like get into a relationship stay in a relationship and um so this was a very experimental time for me and so going into it um I doubt that I realized that's what was going to happen and so what I started to realize personally in my opinion was that a lot of kink mm-hmm. is rooted in trauma mm-hmm. and that's okay a lot of I'll just say a lot of my kink was rooted in trauma or is um and to be frank to be completely honest somewhere after I was kind of seasoned at at playing this way um there were some traumas that I was like gosh I hope those don't clear because I really enjoy this kink so much I don't want to the day that this one heals will be a sad ish day Can you give us some examples? So people that are listening that are not in the kink space that think this is kind of an obscure, weird topic. What are some examples of things that are coming through typically because of kink, because of the trauma that you okay, might have? Okay, so the first thing that comes up for me is that um, being domed, being controlled, being told what to do, um, it served some parts of me that were had like decision-making fatigue, right? And it felt very safe to me because it felt like being taken care of mm-hmm. because I didn't feel taken care of mm-hmm. because I had a lot of freedom and that felt great when I was 12 and 15. I thought that was cool, you know, but as an adult, I realized I actually felt really uncared for and unsafe. Um, and then if I went back further, um, yeah. And so in this, so in this way at that time, it made me feel really cared for to be told what to do, to have boundaries set for me to be controlled per se. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Give us some other examples outside of being dominated. Oh, like I'm thinking of- even impact play. Impact play. Okay. Um Impact play served as a few different things. So um, impact play could immediately um, bring me back into my body if I were disassociated. So disassociation through some masochistic impact play, I actually realized I actually was able to see the very root of when I learned to disassociate in this life. Mm -hmm. And it was at such a young age that it's gosh, I probably, who knows when I ever was fully back in if ever until. So, um, so impact play would serve to bring me back into my body. If I was disassociated, um, impact play could serve as just fun. You know, if it's, Mm -hmm. especially if you don't, for me, depending on your pain tolerance, especially if you don't pass those thresholds, um, it can just for some reason be fun. Um, Personally, though, the time when I learned to disassociate was during a spanking, like a traumatic, it is abusive. Um, As a kid. 
Yeah, as like, yeah. Mm-hmm, like as a five year old. Uh huh. Also, I was a punishment for me as a five year old was um to be grounded into my room to my bed for like a week at a time. And so disassociation, right? And it was through some masochistic impact that I had this realization. And then I could, it was able to go back and clear it and start recognizing that every time I would start to go out again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe I would have found that out another way. Maybe I wouldn't have. Impact play um, would also serve. So I don't have really masochistic tendencies. I went through a solar plexus upgrade where I don't, derive joy from masochism anymore Mm -hmm. um and prior to that though it would serve as um gosh what I want to say is that it made me feel worthy again Mm. like maybe um Like if I were internally guilting myself or beating myself up or shaming myself, it could like reset, it reset the balance. Like, like what if, like, as if, and these were never conscious thoughts. Mm -hmm. These are always afterthoughts when you're realizing what's happening. Right. Um, But it probably was something like I deserved to be punished in some way. And so that did that. And now we're reset and now I can be back online Mm. reset the thoughts um and 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 frankly it would be easier to have that happen than to continue beating myself up (laughs) so um I could I could punish myself through someone else punishing me Mm. yeah um if that's what I thought I needed and that would also be based in trauma like right a person if I think I deserve punishment that's based in trauma somewhere Absolutely. So I discovered all these things. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a lot of information. Does this make sense? It totally makes okay, sense. Cool. So okay. you've given us I'm a couple examples of like your personal traumas that have come up. I think of like the opposite of masochism. <laughs> Excuse me. So if somebody was really into like sadism, uh-huh. how does that clear a trauma? And does it? Maybe it doesn't because that is an extreme. So that's the other side of the coin. Sadism is the person who enjoys inflicting the pain. Yes. So, um, oh man. Right. I know. I tried, I kind of went to the absolute extreme. You did. And I I wonder if there's a dark and a light side of the coin. Yeah. Um, well, so I would perceive that as getting their pain out from a trauma perspective, because that's not all masochism and sadism. I'm not saying it all has to be about trauma and, and some people possibly just enjoy it, not based in trauma. Like, right. I'm not, um, from a trauma perspective. Um, I would say that it's some examples might be, it's a way of, of, getting their pain out so like when I'm feeling a lot inside and to overwhelm sensory overwhelm until I have an anger outburst like the energy you know and so I feel like if I were a sadist I could exalt some of my own by with by consensually 
getting that energy out with someone else consensually. And being paired well with a masochist, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Most people all don't very enjoy cons- pain. All very consensual. Yeah. Um, but the if they're paired thing- with someone like you, that's like, I love the reset. And I've met several women mm, within just yeah. the last few months that are like, I really enjoy getting to the edge of my pain tolerance threshold. And it there's it does something to reset my brain. Yeah. And it feels really, really good inside. Yeah. And yeah. then they can come out fresh. Yeah. So if you're listening and you think that this sounds pretty crazy, it's actually a thing. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if they experience disassociation in particular, a reset from what, right? Because a reset from disassociation, a reset from shame, maybe they go hand in hand for some people. Great I'd question. be curious. I'd be curious. Yeah. To hear other people's perspectives about what they're resetting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Can you give us um, maybe one more example of a common one that someone listening might be like, oh, or like I have this trauma, it might help to use this of a common version. an example of a common trauma or common that, kink you that could, we go with it? Exactly. Yes. Okay. Yes, I will. Can I say one more thing about the yeah, sadist? Um, mm-hmm. I think it's also a sense of control, which feels safe. Mm-hmm. If you're the one who like for me, not having control felt safe. Having someone else I trusted in control is what I needed. But for someone else, it might feel very good and safe to be the one in control. And if that's part of your job or your role and you particularly like impact, um, some people really like the marks. They're just really into the marks. For me, it was a byproduct. I really didn't love them or hate them. Um, it was just a byproduct of something else that I liked. So that's about all I can offer from that perspective. Cause I'm not a sadist. And honestly, um, I have spoken with a sadist for like a couple of years, just sporadically, we keep in touch and, um, oh, it's, um, okay. It is an, it's a way for them to exalt. Yeah. They were like army. I'm thinking of more than one now. And they were like mm-hmm. army trauma. Um, and so it was a way for them to release, mm-hmm. just release in a, maybe even in a primal way. Mm. Oh yeah. Okay. That makes a that's... lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Businessmen releasing in a primal way. I find, I found a lot of businessmen in the world, in the kink world that it's just killing them. The, the, the culture of business is killing them and they had, they need a place to release and either be in control or not be in control, <laughs> however your preference is. But mm-hmm. okay, so a common, you wanted to say another maybe common trauma that would lead to kink, right? Mm-hmm. It's the daddy kink. It's the daddy kink. That's got to be the most common one, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for So for me, that was abandonment and rejection. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, and that's actually the one that I was like, oh, I didn't actually come to that one. I had that one on a list of kinks, but I didn't actually get to play it out until maybe like a year ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I remember thinking, oh, the day this one heals, yeah. we'll see, we'll see how, cause it'll look different when the thing heals, it'll look different. And I may or may not enjoy it, or I may just enjoy it differently, or it may be a total hard no or whatever, but it will change. Mm -hmm. So, um, the daddy, the abandonment kink, the being cared for kink, Mm -hmm. what a vanilla kink, right? (laughs) 
like and right? it's so it's sad that we have to make that into it. a kink right I but um, i totally understand that one i mean it's not it's one that i play approval. with but, it's mm-hmm. getting approval mm-hmm. from the daddy it's getting um it's pleasing and and getting the i'm proud of you mm-hmm. that you're good at this god it's reparenting totally. it's 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 getting help reparenting my mm-hmm. inner child and that's my job, right? And I can consensually get help from other people. <laughs> right. So, uh, ooh, yeah. Yeah. I love that one too. Every now and then I'll feel a glimmer of it. Like the, like I'll pay for dinner feels to me tattyish, right? Like, I'll pay, I'll, I'll buy that vacation that we're yeah. going to go on. It was ordering this. for me. It was ordering for me and the, oh. and, and every, and, and the family. And I just would melt on the inside such a small thing. And I would just be like, so wet. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was taking response. It's a lot of responsibility. Mm -hmm. And And there's something about like being called, like, I've never been played with like baby girl, but like kitten or like little pet names (laughs) that you just kind of melt. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Definitely the honorifics and the pet names. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, what more can we add to this? You've already given us a list and then you've given us a a way that it heals. Do you want to dig any deeper into like how this is healing and then maybe what it feels like when you know that you're, you're you're over it, you've healed. Oh, that's a good one because I have a list of more traumas that examples, but we can do a part two or something. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to bring them up, we're good on time. Um, If you want to bring some more up, I can bring more up and I love. I think that's really important what you just said, understanding when it's not beneficial anymore. And I'm going to also bet that once you overcome something like that, another one comes up. Yeah. Like hopefully if that's what you want, if that's, that's what I'm doing, you know, and I'm not just doing that in a BDSM arena. That's my, that's my life arena, you know? So, um, that's just one of the more fun ways that I do it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay. So I want to point out the things that changed for me when I realized it was different because it was rocky. It was, it could have easily created more traumas in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Um, because once something wasn't right for me anymore, I could give a really personal example. Um, it started to cause me shame. Mm -hmm. So from the outside looking in, it should have caused me shame anyway, right? But it was actually exalting shame and it was making me feel very safe and cared for and very, very, very attentive. And um, I know which one this is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I need a more private group to say that in. Okay. Um, <laughs> and once it, once I didn't need that level of attention anymore, it started actually causing me shame mm-hmm. to keep playing it out. And so the longer it went that I didn't speak up and say, I don't think this is good for me anymore, then, then I was recreating shame, right? I had just cleared this thing and now I'm creating another one that I'm gonna have to go back and clear. Like that's not really beneficial, <laughs> maybe not so deep rooted, but it, it's, it, especially if it's still playing on shame, I think is a big one for people in a kink world. Yeah. Um, maybe just humans in general, actually. Um, 
then and I can imagine so another, another feeling that would come up would be like irritation. Oh, like, I don't want to fucking do this thing. He's asking me to do, which leads to disrespect, which leads right. to a huge breakdown in the dynamic. So, um, I'm, I mean, this seems obvious, but I guess it would be when it doesn't serve you the same way that it was serving you when it feels different. Mm-hmm. when you're not loving it anymore and instead you're feeling icky about it or when you're not when you're feeling maybe you're just feeling elated like wow I, and, and you can express that um communication 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 yeah um and the sooner that you can bring up i'm starting to have different feelings about this mm-hmm. um the more respectfully you can do it and the mm-hmm. better it would be received can I ask you a dom question that has to do with this? So okay. is there a way to be a good dom and that you're like on the regular checking in? So like, I'm wondering if there's a series of check-ins, like the mm-hmm. first one being you establish a dynamic to help support the clearing of a trauma and you have a conversation around it with your dom, with your person that's going to help you heal it. Mm-hmm. And you say, look, I really want to clear this trauma that I have around needing to feel safe. So we're going to have a dom sub relationship. And then of course you can figure out what the dynamics of that looks like until it's cleared. And then the dom could say, great, every quarter or every mm-hmm. month on the first day of the month, I'm going to put a reminder in my calendar. I'm going to check in with you. And I'm going to say, how are you mm-hmm. feeling around this trauma now that we've been working on it? Like, is that a healthy, does that make sense? Like, is this thing? Should it be a thing? I think okay. check-ins are the best. <laughs> I love check-ins. I love community check-ins. I love relationship check-ins. I love BDS check-ins. I want all the check-ins okay. <laughs> because it creates a space where I don't have to be quite so brave in bringing up hard topics, uncomfortable conversations, especially um, from a sub perspective, like, right. I'm trying to be the most respectful and the most appreciative and it's also my job to speak up. Mm. Um, Is it unheard of that your dom should be plugged into you enough to know that something's changed? That you're not enjoying it anymore? I love that. I personally look for that in, certainly in a dom, I would say almost in any intimate relationship, if I'm going to be like regularly closely intimate with someone, I would love for that to be present. It might even be a deal breaker for me if it's not. And I get that it's not fair to expect that from everybody of everything. And in fact, it puts the responsibility outside of outside of myself to someone else. And that's kind of not sovereignty. I have to be able to say what I need and to speak up. Right. However, that might be the trauma that you're working on in and of itself. So maybe you need to make sure you're working with a Dom that's very in tune. And also you're talking about having a pre-conversation. So, which is a great way of looking at it, that now we all are on the same page from the beginning. A lot of the games I played, as mentioned, I didn't exactly know. Until it came up. Yeah, yeah. And but I after the session's over would be a great time or a couple days later to bring an up an another... impact session. I mean, I think it's probably definitely a, a good trait of a Dom. I would say to be checking in after before and after impact sessions, after care is yeah. what you might call it after care. Mm-hmm. Um, I love questions like what came up for you during the yeah. session? 
anything yeah. we need to be aware of. And yeah. then as a sub, you can say, I had all these like visions come up about being a little girl and being like stuck in my room and not being able to leave my bed. Mm-hmm. And that was my punishment. And I didn't feel safe and I didn't feel attended for Like, how can we add this into our BDSM play so that yeah. I can clear it? So, um, yeah, if you're pre-working on traumas, definitely schedule check-ins because like, like my voice gets stuck sometimes, you know, it, it takes less bravery to speak up if you have a check-in. Um, that means someone's coming to you and asking the questions, right? Um, shoot, I was going to say something because of, because a lot of things aren't pre-planned like that. Um, so I would say I probably have a bit of both types of relationships. I'm responsible for speaking up for myself and having self-awareness and, um, and I have a pretty intuitive partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so gosh, I feel like when I was living in like full subspace, like almost 24 seven, he was more deeply in tune mm-hmm. and he, and any, and, and that was kind of the unspoken agreement because if I was going to let go that much, right. Then he was going to mm-hmm. pick up the responsibility of that. Um, and now I, we don't go, we don't play that, um, uh, intensely. And so, so he doesn't, so, so I am able to speak up more now. So he doesn't have to use as much of his energy paying attention to mine. <laughs> Which is beautiful <laughs> because you're an example of using BDSM to help heal the trauma and where you can come out the other side where you're like, yeah. now I have a voice. Now yeah. I've grown enough and I learned that I need check-ins. I've learned when something comes up in a session to fucking say something and then create an action plan where we're going to work on the trauma and have a check-in regularly till it's cleared. How amazing. This is amazing. amazing. I had never occurred to me to have a pre-conversation. I just like, I'm kind of an organic, (laughs) but just go with the flow and um, man, structuring an actual pre-structuring dynamics around a specific trauma amazing I can see how working with a coach would be really helpful right because something comes up and then you're like okay I'm gonna work with my boyfriend partner husband dom whatever fill in the blank on this particular subject and then your coach can help kind of hold you accountable and ask you questions and check-ins and and help move through communication yeah and um and uh, yeah help move through the communication when hard stuff comes up or a professional. Some people are professional doms. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if ev- uh, everyday people, I think guidance would be a great idea. <laughs> Check-ins with a guide. <laughs> I love <laughs> you can that. Both ple- Here's the thing about stepping into the space. So if you've never done it and who's going to be your dom has never done it, then then the learning curve for both of you so jumping right into traumas Mm -hmm. when when you're both on a learning curve is a lot that's a lot lot. secondly the download i had on the drive to town this morning was that um if things go awry the responsibility of that is going to fall on the dom Mm -hmm. and that's a lot of responsibility and Mm -hmm. so that's like this extra layer of processing that as a sub I don't have to do so um so if you're a partner a boyfriend a a friend whatever and neither of you are experienced in doing it there's a lot to come up and um 
<laughs> what was the actual download? It was like, it was, it was just an awareness of that imbalance of where responsibility is and how that plays out when things get rocky and how that's a little bit unfair because it's like, I trusted you the most. I surrendered to you the most. I gave and opened and you let me down, right? And it's like, this could either be the worst trust infringement trauma that I yet that just seals the deal with whatever trust <laughs> traumas I'm You're working like, on. You're like, I can't right? trust anybody. <laughs> right. Or we could have some recognition that like, that was the game we were playing, right? And and, and and as a favor to me or or you enjoy it, I assume most doms enjoy it. And it feels kind of like my appreciation. I have a deep appreciation. Like it kind of feels like a favor to me was that you took on a shit ton of responsibility mm-hmm. and I can't, it wouldn't probably be great if I, if, if we, if I just raked you over the coals when that went wrong, because you're holding a bigger percentage of responsibility. Does this make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I don't want to forget that gratitude when the things get rocky and it seems like you're more responsible. Yeah. And, and hard shit comes up and, and <clears throat> so it's not projecting and blaming and, and working really hard to not take the things personally when tough stuff comes up and to not like vilify someone who agreed to hold a shit ton of responsibility for you when really that's not the 100%, 100% sovereign thing to do, but we're doing it on purpose and consensually. So it's okay. (laughs) Right. And in, and in fact, it helped me regain or probably for the first time ever in this life experience, Mm -hmm. my sense of sovereignty that I then got to integrate and ground in. (laughs) Can you think, and I know I'm putting you on the spot and you can say no, but can you think of any resources that you came across as you have been on this sub journey, like a book or a podcast or anything, or have you just kind of fumbled through it with your Dom? Yeah. I just, I'm kind of learn as I go type of person. Okay. (laughs) And I realize this about myself in business and in relationships and in everything. I kind of like rapid fire use real time feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also can process pretty quickly if given the space to do so. So that's okay for me. Um, yeah. so no, I'm thinking like at this point of where we're at with this podcast, I'm hearing you really need a guide unless you want to fumble, right? If you don't want to fumble or you have someone you, very experienced, absolutely. Or you, you have people in your life that are experienced. If you don't have that support system, um, it feels like it would be, it would be at least good to have a conversation with someone. Yes. So what I'm leading this to is, Cashel, if you are open to people contacting you to have a conversation and maybe even some coaching or direction yes. around this topic. Yes. You're saying yes. Okay. So I love gonna, it. I love I it. I love it. Okay. So we're going to put a link in the show notes below. If you want to reach out to Cashel, that she is open and willing to have a conversation with you about this. Um, and open and willing for some coaching. Um, and then as things evolve, you know, y'all can figure out what that looks like, but I think that would be amazing. Cause I'm yeah. over here like, oh my gosh, I I'd need like 12 books and like a PowerPoint, <laughs> and 15 podcasts, uh, to try to feel like I was doing a good job, especially the Dom part. That feels like a lot of responsibility. And I've met several Doms and they love it. They're built for it. They're like, I got you. I'm gonna yeah. figure it out. Um, yeah. 
but that is a lot of responsibility. So. Mm, well, from their perspective, maybe they get to experience the like creation energy power mm-hmm. once a, a female identifying being who carries that light is, is that open, right? That's must, mm-hmm. that must feel pretty rewarding. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine how it feels delicious. There's a part of me that's like, I'm totally at some point in my life going to go study how to be a, a dom D-O-M-M-E. Yeah. I think a lot of doms, I, I have met a lot of doms who were um, intense subs first. Mm. And I'll blow your mind with another, or maybe I won't, um, <laughs> with another concept of um, like topping from the bottom. Yeah. So like, so like I'm the sub, but mm-hmm. I'm doming you into doming me. <laughs> Does this make sense? That. So I'm the yes. dom, but I'm playing the role of the sub. I'm doming you into doming me. So that's an option. <laughs> there yeah. are no rules. It, nope. Communication, trust, and consent mm. are really the main rules. And part of the coaching c- includes a lot of how to go about that part of it mm-hmm. to eliminate further re-traumatizing yeah which getting re-traumatized easy seems easy to do you would and it's kind of like if you were purposely going to dig into traumas you know you would go to a counselor I did I I went to therapy you know for like and I was in therapy actually for part of the window of time that I was like per for a year of time that I was in this relationship um dang I just keep forgetting all the things I want to (laughs) say uh I don't know. Just happened. This feels like enough for now. This was Yay. a wealth of information. <laughs> I always love having you on. Um, you. And I always like to add at the end, if you're listening and you want Kishel to come back on and talk about something different, let us know. <clears throat> I think on any of the platforms that you're on, including YouTube, you can just put a little comment in the bottom. We're also both on social media. We have websites where you can send a contact form. Like there's a million ways to get a hold of one of us. Just let us know if you want her to come back on, talk about anything else. Um, and then if if we decide we're going to have her back on, we do as well, right? Yay, yes. Come up with a new yes, topic. please. Thank you so much for joining us today. I always, always love having you on. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. <laughs>